Welcome everybody to the Robert Mack Podcast episode beta with my main man, Chris Benjamin. This dude is a legend. He is a real estate rock star. He is a social media influencer. He's one of the most creative people I know and he's just an overall great guy. And I said, hey man, would you do a dry run with me on my podcast so I could see if we can work out all the kinks? And he said, yes. I'm flattered. So we're here today. Let's go. And I'm excited, man. Like I've never actually done like a legit podcast interview. So I've got my notes here because I'm, I'm, I don't consider myself a great interviewer yet. I'll be honest. That was so dialed in. It felt dialed in. When he said go, I was like, are we ready? And <laughs> you were ready. That was great. <laughs> it's, it's literally people go, how are you so great on camera? And I said, and I'm, by the way, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I do feel like I'm pretty good on camera. And it comes from repetition. 100%. I've been doing it since 2010. I just, I'm comfortable doing it. 100%. And so for the people out there that are like, I'm not good at it, you just need to practice more. Amen. So dude, let's jump right in, man. First of all, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank uh, you for I'm, having I'm me. I'm so grateful to learn a little bit more about you today and be able to collaborate on some social media. But first I want to get your take on this room. Like, how do you think it turned out this podcast setup? We were just talking about it before we started running. I think it looks really good, man. I love these chairs. I love the setup. I love how you're going to leave it plug and play for people to be able to use. I yeah. think that's just so much value to agents. And then also creativity doesn't live in a vacuum. So when that strikes you, for you to be able to just sit down with your homies, like click record and go, this is good. I love the soft lighting. Awesome, man. Thank you, good. thank you, Thank you. Uh, okay. So I want to tell you a funny story about these, uh, these chairs actually, man. I, I have a, my designer, her name is Andrea. And, uh, she helped me put this whole office together. And so when I was looking into the chairs for this podcast studio, I wanted to get her take on it because she already right. knew the vibe of the office. The funny thing is though, is when I was at the furniture store, I text Andrea and I was like, hey, what do you think about these chairs? She goes, I love them. She's like, burnt pumpkin is so in right now. And I was like, yes. Like I sent her one picture. She says, yes, I'm in, let's do it. So I buy them. And then like a couple of weeks go by and then Ryan asks me for my payroll contact. Okay. And I'm like, oh, my payroll contact, her, uh, contact, her name is Andrea. Let me uh, send you her uh, info. So I go to pull up and I realize that I text my payroll representative the picture of these chairs. Oh and she's the one that told me she loved Burt Pumpkin, not my designer. And I called oh. her, I was like, I was like, Andrea, why? why didn't you ask me like why I'm asking you about furniture? And she goes, I just thought you were asking me as a friend. So these chairs were actually recommended by my payroll representative, right? not my designer. What it, so I'm so happy that you like them, bro. I think they look great. What did the designer end up saying? She said they were okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> they don't really go with the rest of the, the office, but you know what? This is his own standalone space. 100%. So I'm cool with it. So and I think they're going to look good on camera. I got a good feeling about the way they're going to look on camera. Awesome, man. So I do. I'd love to go back to the very beginning with us. Oof, um, we talked about this, stall. the bathroom, <laughs> you know, that meme with like EXP, like, <laughs> so that I'm, was me. I'm, I'm, I'm at the Tom Ferry summit. We've never met. I honestly right. don't even know who you are. That's okay. And you're like, bro, you're like Robert Mack. And you were just so excited. And your smile is like infectious, by the way, right? Like your, your smiles is one of my favorite smiles on this planet. And, uh, and I was like, you leave. You're like, dude, we got to get together. We got, and I'm like, who was that guy? Right. Why is he so happy? So I'd love to get your perspective of like, how did you hear about me? And how did that all happen That's a before we move on? What year was it? 2018? It, it, it was, pro 
No, it was after. It's only been, I feel like you and I have only known each other. I want to say like 2020. 2020. Okay. Like I feel like it was the the summit right like, like before the one that we the, spent like, time at. It was the summit where like the pandemic was still a thing. Right, right. So I think you the ecosystem, man. Tom Ferry has a group of agents that I feel like are at an echelon that he is if he's not promoting purposefully, he's promoting like without purpose, but it's still to everyone's benefit. So I saw you as one of these rock star agents doing a ton of business that I'm like, oh man, like I'm peeing right next to him. I got to shoot my shot, <laughs> you know, and we're in the same market. And it's funny because, you know, in my head, it's like all of us kind of know each other, but of course we don't. Right. And uh, I'll never forget. Yeah. You were washing your hands or you were taking a piss. And I was like, what's up, man? Like I'm Chris. <laughs> so that's good. why I'm a good salesman. I, sh I shoot my shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it really wasn't until, but I feel like you really embraced me after because when we got invited to speak at the summit 2022, Two. you were, I feel like the one that really instigated, hey, let's practice, let's brainstorm, let's collaborate. And uh, I think that's really where the, the relationship began. Yeah. And then we did Baldy together. Yep. Yep. That was Which fun. we got to do more, more I would love for that. sure. No, I remember... I was like, I remember following you on Instagram after that, that moment. Cause you had followed me or something. And I'm like, who is this guy? I got to figure this out. And then I, and then I figured out who your mom was. I'm like, oh, I've known Nahid for years yeah. and this is her son. And, and then I started looking through your stuff and I'm like, oh, he's actually super creative and fun and somebody I want to get to know. Thanks, and man. so I was grateful that Tom put us on the stage at Tom X and my buddy, Tom tool is a big preparer. So he had called me months before Tom X and was like, yo, we got to practice this because right. this is a big stage. Huge. And when you hit me up and we're like, I want to come down, let's practice. I was like, more practice, let's do it. And I, right. I feel like it made a difference. Oh, significantly. I feel like it made a difference. So awesome, man. Well, cool. Um, let's have some fun with personal stuff. I'm curious oh. to know if you were stranded on a desert, Whew. what would be the three items that you, would, you couldn't live without? Stranded on a desert with three items I could not live without. And is it fair to assume that I have like a tent and food? Or I need those kind of things too. I'll give you the tent and the food. Okay, okay. So it's just like luxury items. Yeah. Um, does a person count as an item? Can I bring my wife? Three anything. Three anything. All right. So I, I have an infant child. I have a two-month-year-old. So I'm going to count him as part of my wife. Okay. So I'm going to bring the family because then suddenly it's not like this big sacrifice. And uh, So that's my item one. Item two is, uh, gosh... I want to say something like maybe the iPhone so we can communicate with everybody and then I could keep them updated on Instagram. Get a little hotspot going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pop over the laptop? I still got to be closing out there, man. Yeah. Uh, item three, because then if I have the internet, I have access to a lot of things. And then item three, that's a great one. For the beach, I think I would definitely want maybe some some fins and some snorkel gear, maybe okay. some scuba gear. All right. Can the scuba setup be one full you, item? You just have to, you know, it, the world is your oyster, man. You it's, just have to learn how to catch fish with your hands. Right. This is the problem when you ask somebody like me, one of these questions, it's like I'm qualifying everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm uh, my go-to is always a machete. I feel like the machete is a, is a must. And then every, cause you can build shelter with 100%. that. You can chop wood with that. You can kill animals with that. You got to understand though, my hypothetical, like Robert Mack had already given me a tent. I had yeah, food. You had, you had like MREs ready to yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Like I, these are my boil. three luxury items. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man. Dude, what's one of your proudest moments in life? Ooh, proudest moments in life. Getting into the good stuff. Uh, I've had a lot of proud moments. My proudest moment? I feel so cheesy now. I, I was definitely overwhelmed with a sense of gratitude and pride when uh, my kid was born. Just had Hendrix two months ago, so that's very fresh. And that's probably what a lot of people, yeah, that was a very special moment. Proud moments. I was very humbled when Tom asked me to speak at Tom X. I felt like that was a big moment for me, not necessarily being on stage, but when they asked me to do that, that was big. I was really proud. Uh, Gosh, I'm giving you a bunch of proud moments. Um, I was definitely super proud when I came back from Everest. That's the truth. Yeah. I was very, very proud of myself with not just getting through climbing it, but thriving through it. I was really proud, not about the summit, but about my performance, about sort of the journey. Um, I got a lot of other ones. I don't want to be braggadocious. I I, I lived a good life. I No, man. And those are amazing, all amazing accomplishments and uh, definitely proud, worthy moments. I I had a feeling you were going to say Hendrix for sure. So I've got some follow-up questions there. I, I had a feeling Everest was going to pop in. There's some follow-up questions there, That's too. Fair. But the Tom X speaking uh, gig was definitely awesome. You know why? Because so. it's nice to transition. For me, it's transitioning from a different life, right? So, like, practicing law, getting into real estate, finding success. But then when you get the validation from your peers, yeah, wow suddenly that feels a certain way. So that's why it's when I hit Robert Mack up in the bathroom and it's like I'm trying to be buddies with this guy. There's a level of, like, you want to be the feathers that a bird flocks with, right? So I'm trying to, so to get that nod from Tom and, you know, it just, it makes you feel a certain type of way. Yeah. And you killed it too. I mean, Thanks, the, you know, you had the, you had the, the fuck your mood, right? That was a big mic drop and, and that, you know, I saw people making thermoses with them and I tra- Tom Ferry texting. It. Did you trademark it? Tom Ferry texted me that picture of him with the cup. And when he texted me that photo of the cup, I said, I better, I better make this shit legit dude i'm not gonna lie man i wouldn't be blowing up blowing smoke up your ass like i've literally said this to myself multiple times in different occasions where i'm just like f your mood bro oh you know f your mood make i'm getting tingly just thinking about it but uh i appreciate it man it, it definitely had a long lasting effect on me and i'm I'm sure many many others thousands of people so great you also rocked it thanks man yeah, you also rocked so it. so baby hendrix man how do you find time to manage your business and your life and be able to be there for the special moments, but be able to also be there for your team and your clients and your beautiful wife. Like, how how do you do it? It's a great question, and I wish I had something more insightful other than I'm still very much figuring it out. Paige is still on maternity leave. She goes back next week, so that's going to be a new sort of chapter, a new uh, transition. Uh, I have been back and forth between San Diego and the LA office uh, where home base is. So it hasn't been easy, but I think one thing that I've been telling myself, so last night I put up two listings and I was up late, put the baby down, had to finish whatever I was doing. And um, what it reminded me of is when I sort of have made conscious decisions to say, are you working hard to like work hard? Or are you doing what it takes to get what you want? So, you know, I'm not hyped to be up at 1130 publishing these listings, but I will do whatever it takes 
to be who I've like promised myself and my family I will be. Yeah. So, um, you know, I want to be the guy that reads the bedtime story. And if that means that I'm going to be up later to get done what I need to get done, do you do what it takes or do you do just like till the clock strokes six or eight or 10 or yeah. whatever the shutoff is? Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is it's, you're leaning into it and you're doing your best and you're going to get better over time. That's the beauty of our human brain is that we're designed to succeed and find shortcuts and hacks. Right. So as you get better at doing what you're doing, you'll find the way. A hundred percent. That's people, awesome, man. People are resilient. Thanks, man. People are resilient. Not only are they resilient, you know this, like we adapt quickly. So things can really suck at first and seem just insurmountable. And uh, it's just fascinating how a little bit of time can uh, change things and how much can develop in a very short period of time. I don't think we give ourselves enough sort of grace to figure out that. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. Definitely more grace with life. It's very complicated. So, dude, now that you're a dad, oh, yeah. tell me uh, your favorite dad joke. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dad joke? <laughs> dad, oh, uh, this is not my favorite, but this is the first one that came to mind. Uh, you know Shane Bergman? Shout out Shane Bergman yeah, out yeah. of Florida. Yeah, the Mandalorian guy? <laughs> yeah. The guy that dresses up like characters? Yeah. What's so good is that people don't, like, that's how you know him? Yeah. <laughs> Shane made some sort of joke. He posted a video today about limestone, and then the butt of the joke was like, something granite now i'm botching the joke i haven't been dad i haven't been dad yeah, long enough to have dad jokes I, I had a feeling you might not have a dad joke but i was hoping you would so i could do this <laughs> i've been wanting to use that that button for a long time yes all right man let's go to everest bro i'll take let's I've, go there i've heard a lot about your experience on everest you shared a lot about it at the tom x presentation i'm just i'm curious to hear what was your toughest moment on Everest like the the that one micro moment where you were just like terrified afraid wanted to give up like do you have one moment can you think of like the hardest moment on Everest have you and have you shared it before publicly like on stage uh on stage no I don't know if I've ever recorded it on video I definitely talked to people about it and it wouldn't it's not what you would expect so don't get me wrong well by the way Let's preface by telling, you know, for somebody who's watching this right now that may not know your backstory, we're talking like everyone knows who we are. Right. You summited Mount Everest last year. Almost a year to the day. Yeah. So 12 months ago, you got to the highest point in the world. I did. And you spent three months out there? About two months. Two Almost months. two months. Out there. And out. That's, that's no joke. It was a long trip, man. But you've climbed Aconcagua. You made a summit attempt on Aconcagua. Yeah. So you know those trips are, they're big expeditions. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a good portion of that, you're not even climbing. You're just sitting and waiting and getting up. Acclimating. Exactly. And, yeah. So uh, there was definitely a few moments on the mountain that were very sobering. Uh, saw a few dead bodies. That is definitely, you know, not the scariest moment, but very uh, humbling and very sort of heavy, right? So some of the heaviest moments. Um, we got caught in a very small avalanche, thank God. I remember thinking that was a little bit scary, but to be super transparent and a little bit vulnerable with you. The scariest thing that I dealt with on Mount Everest was the feelings that I didn't know I was going to be grappling with when I came home. Mm. 
So it's not like one micro moment, but for, I want to say, honestly, six months after I got back, I was still in a weird funk. And this is me being so, the Tom X thing was a very unique time because that was August. I had just gotten back end of May, pretty fresh. So what is that, June, July, three, three months. months. Three months, I was feeling hella depressed. And I was really having to be like rah, rah because I was doing that thing and I'm talking to people about fuck your mood and I'm talking to people about doing what it takes and I'm here preaching this. And I was really feeling, it sounds so privileged and bougie, but just like worthless, right? Like not motivated to eat right, not motivated to go to the gym, really not motivated to work super hard. I was doing things because I had sort of disciplines but the motivation wasn't there, and I just, I just felt so, man, I just really did not like myself, and I think it was sort of that big void, you know, I felt very empty. It wasn't until December 2022, so almost six, seven months that I got back that I feel like I started to find my mojo again. I'm not sure if it was purely chemical. I understand that big trips like that can mess with your, you know, hormones and stuff. I think that was a piece of it. I think also a piece of it is I had dreamed of something for 10 fucking years. Yeah. Another chapter is done. And then it's closed. That, now what? Made me feel terrible. Yeah. And even now it's, you know, it's like, I love talking about it cause I'm nostalgic, but it's like, shit's done. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, you dream for something for so long and then you finally achieve it. Like you have to have a what's next. And when you don't have a what's next, it's you do feel empty. 100%. Yeah. I, I can 100% relate to it. I had that, that depression feeling for a couple months after I came back from Argentina. Dude, ask my team. I literally was about to quit real estate. I went to REI and, and asked, asked them for an application for employment. <laughs> Because I had convinced myself that I just wanted to spend more time with outdoors right. people. Right. And then I just talk about like gear with them. And then maybe I could tell them that I'm a realtor on the side and I can help them buy and sell because I was done. Like that, that that's what Aconcagua did to me. And even with the Ironman, right. I came back on June the 12th, the 13th, and I had no purpose. And I gained 25 pounds in like a month and a half. And I'm finally now back to my Ironman weight. Right. After a year, literally a year, like it'll be a year in June. So like that's, I get it. And it's so funny because I thought you'd have the craziest, scariest moment on the mountain. One of the most like I deadly was, mountains, right? It's, it's top 10, like it's dangerous. But you're so dialed in. Like it's kind of like role playing. You manifest. Of course, I can't control things like the weather, but everything that happened I saw in my mind's eye for 10 years, yeah. you know? So when the wind is howling and you think the tent's going to get ripped off, I was waiting for this moment. I dreamed about laying in this tent, hearing the wind like this. When I see the granite plateau, like the Hillary step, and I know that like how slippery, like I was waiting for this moment. So not to take anything away from the fear, but when you visualize something for so long, I, I feel like I'm just writing what's already happened. Like, of course, the summit wasn't guaranteed to me, but I had summited Mount Everest 365 times for 10 years, whatever, 360, you know, yeah. 3,650 times. I kid you not. Yeah. So all of it was like, of course, this is going to happen. I never once prepared for how I was going to feel when I got back. Yeah. Now I know after the next big one. Well, I think it's one of those things that you can't prepare for, right? Like you just go through it and then you experience it and you deal right. with it. So 
Well, an amazing experience, amazing feat either way. Thanks, man. And I, I know you learned so many things and you've been able to share your story and help others. So good Thank for you. you, man. Thanks, man. Um, let's jump back into uh, some some professional, some, some work stuff. Let's do it. Um, I'm curious to know what are some of the habits that you can't live without? What are those things that you do when you wake up in the morning or during the day or even your evening routine that you're like, it's ingrained in your schedule and they're positive habits for you? So when I am most dialed in, the best... Form of Chris wakes up and goes to the gym. Things have been slightly different with Hendrix, but mm -hmm. my routine for every year up until this was wake up 4:55 a.m. and I'm at the gym. After that, first thing like order of business that I get done after I'm back from the gym, ready to go, is I'm pretty much publishing my content. So I'm putting it out on Instagram. I have the team help me distribute everywhere else. But generally, in the perfect world, I am posting my shit by 7.15 to like 8 a.m. Anytime in, like 7.15 feels great when I can get it out early. The perfect day, I'm on the phone from about 9.30 when I'm done with the team meeting and done with a role play till about, if I, I mean, honestly, when I'm flowing easily until 12 or 1. If the world was perfect. And then in the afternoon, I'm running around doing whatever, whether it's going to be at appointments or it's writing scripts, working on content, working on something for the business. And then um, I guess I don't mention the family in there. My wife is in her residency. So I've, I'm with a partner who's working 80, 90 hours a week. So our life is going to look very different when I think her life slows down a little. But in the meantime, I've got no reason not to just hustle. Well, it's yeah. changed a bit with this baby, of course. Um, but up until then, it's like I'm here to work. So you're you're not only building the team, but you're also still in production. 100%. So, so how does that work? How do you define what are the clients you're going to work with versus what are the, the clients the team's going to work with? Have you, do you have any systems around that? Yes. So that's a great question. The way that our team is structured, and I think relatively it's because I'm working with a lot of new agents, they're not fishing entirely for themselves yet which is fine. Also, my wife and my kid are in San Diego, but by nature of a lot of the calls we're getting from where the business has been from my mom being in the industry for so long is in LA, Orange County, and San Bernardino. So unless it's a close friend, family member, somebody that I'm really like have a connection with, once I get them qualified, once they're ready to start shopping, I dish them to a team member and they will take them from shopping to close. And I'm still omnipresent, you know, so I'm still talking to that client whenever they need me, but I'm really not in the field anymore, um, mainly because of the distance, because I do want to see Paige and Hendrix as often as I can. Uh, I am doing more business in San Diego. One reason why I don't do a ton is because I don't have a lot of manpower out there. So you know this, it's very difficult to be at inspections, at showings. It's tough to juggle a ton of buyers when you're also juggling a ton of other things. Yeah. So for the most part, I dish all that. And then all the listings, I make time to be at the appointment, be at the, like, the content day, like listing appointment, get it ready for market. I'll be there to shoot the content for the listing. And then the team will help me with open houses and all that. Do you ever get um, creativity block or writer's block? 100%. How do, how do you work through those kinds of things? Man, so the creativity block, it's funny that you say that because I feel like I've, I used to be stronger at just pushing through the rut. But um, I force myself to sit down 
even when I feel like I can't come up with anything and I force myself to put something on paper. So I have on the calendar once a week creative time. I love that. So every Monday I do have it on my calendar that from three to five, I am just coming up with ideas. Throw, give me some examples. Like what is creative? It's three o'clock on Monday. Yep. You got a piece of paper in front of you. What are some, what are the, the first three to five things you'd write down right now? Okay. So if it's three o'clock on Monday, I have my Apple, I have my laptop open and I have monday.com open. Okay. Like Trello. Yep. Or Asano, any of these task managements. I got that open with a master page that says uh, scripts and ideas. I'll have my cell phone most likely with Instagram open to my save tabs. Because if I see something that I like, sure as shit, your what's in the box video is saved. Mm. You know, feel it, like all of that saved. That's that little flag on the right side? Yep, exactly. Okay. Exactly. I click that flag for any time that I'm inspired by something that I want to resort to later. So uh, the one where it's 10 items I can't live without, that was brilliant. Straight from GQ, I thought, right? All the GQ guys do that. I loved that. And when you did that, I was like, how is he the first motherfucker that is doing this outside GQ? It's brilliant. Yeah. So I saved it. It's them. Killer. Thank you. Very good. Uh, so I will visit those sort of things and then flesh them out, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, I like that concept. How could we play on it? Or I will, um, if I have a listing coming up, I'm really trying to make campaigns around listings. I'm really not trying to make just one listing video anymore. I'm really trying to create a whole package of content, especially as the market is changing and houses sit on the market longer. I don't want to just be able to publish one video the first week it hits the market and then I'm done. The reality is we need like three to six weeks worth of videos, right? Like one a week at least. Yeah. Like how else can I post this? Uh, so I am trying to, so during those creative times, I'll be working on ideas like that. What kind of creative videos could I make around listings? Um, I'll write scripts. With the help of ChatGBT and Jasper and all that stuff, I feel like it has gotten way easier to get the juices flowing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even even for some of the stuff that we're going to be working on today, I threw it into chat GPT. And oh, wouldn't you? The best is like when you're like, hey, give me 10 questions. And then you go, give me 10 more. Right. Give me 10 more. Make them playful. Right. And all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, these are some great questions, you know, or at least it it, it helps you break through the writer's block. So a hundred percent. I love the creativity time. And I feel like that's one thing I'm lacking. I feel it's funny when we were talking a couple weeks ago or last week about this day, I was telling you how I didn't feel like I'm creative. And you're like, well, I, I bet you, you th you're more creative than you think. And I, I agree with you. Um, I need to spend, I think we all, whoever wants to do more in any type of like field, they just need to spend more time in it. That's right. right? So what do you recommend to someone who is or feels creative that wants to do more on social media, but isn't? Maybe they're, they're, they're trying to make everything. Pro I don't have the camera. That's what I hear all the time. I don't have a camera crew. Right. I don't have the budget, but like you still got a phone. hundred percent. So what do you recommend to someone like that to get started? I mean, I wish it was more complicated than just saying you have to get started. And the sooner you get started, the sooner you will get better. And that's the part that I wish I would have started in 2012. I wish I was, would have make, I wish I was, I wish I would have been making content in law school. I wish I would have been making content in college, right? Because I'm getting better every day. And I'm so grateful for all the shitty podcasts that I've blown in the past because it's helped me get better for this one. Yeah. So if you're aspiring to be, you know, whoever on the internet, 
and they're phenomenal, how do you bridge that gap? I think it was Ben Black that had made a Instagram reel about this. He's like, how do you compete? He said something eloquent in his like eloquent way of um, how do you compete with people with more experience? And it was like, get more reps in. He said it differently, but that's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Do more. Do do more. Yeah. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. Like you're going to have to do 10 times as many videos or 10 times as many speeches on stage to get as good as Tom Ferry. Dude lives on stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Actually, I was, uh, I went on a trail run the other day and um, there's this hill called Big Red and it's ferocious. And if you can jog slash run up the hill, you're a beast. I love it. And for years, I'd run up a quarter of the way and be like, there's no way. Like, it's, it's not humanly possible. And then, right. like, after a year, halfway up, right? And then uh, I was running the other day, like, two days ago, and I ran up it. And I, and I, not only do I run up it, I don't even stop. I keep going. And it went from not being able to run up it to being able to run up it, but then being completely out of breath for 20 minutes to getting up to the top and... Uh, resting for 10 minutes to five minutes to now I don't even stop. I just jog up and I keep going like it wasn't even there. And the mindset in my head, I was like, how, what happened? What changed? And my mindset went from getting to the top of it to going through it. Right. And I was like, well, I, love that. I was like, well then how, how did I do that though? And it's, it was simple. It's repetition and a dynamic strategy. So the strategy I was using originally wasn't working because my breath and my steps weren't in alignment. But when I got my breath in alignment with my steps, in alignment with my heartbeat, in alignment with my brain, Suddenly. that strategy plus just doing it over and over for five or six years right. made it easy. I love that. And so and so that's kind of what I think. It's like do more reps. Yeah, that's the business. That's the I think that's the hardest thing with everybody um, with everybody in this industry. I mean, the rejection is real. The losses are real. But every no is closer to the yes. And that's why... I mean, you have to treat things like a game and you have to anticipate them to be hard. You know, like if everybody was going to make it, like if it was easy to prospect, everybody would be killer salesmen. Yeah. But it's not easy. If it was easy to feel comfortable and natural in front of a camera, everybody would be doing it. But it's not easy. So it's choose what you want to be a beast at. But I think you just need to, but even if you don't like, and this is speaking, assuming that agents are watching this, even if you don't like making content, it better be a piece of your business because if the guy next to me, you know, agent B is like, well, I love being an agent, but I hate talking on the phone. It's like, you're missing the mark, homie. Yeah. I was talking to Ryan yesterday and he said, we were talking about Instagram, you know, and trying to get more of the team involved in making social media posts. And, uh, and he was like, you know, when I got into real estate, I didn't have Instagram. Right. But he goes, I got Instagram because he, I knew that I needed to start getting the word out about the fact that I was a real estate agent. And he's like, now I can't imagine marketing myself in this business without Instagram, you know? And he's like, I do stuff I don't want to do. And now I'm comfortable doing it. But right. before I didn't want to do it, but he knew there was a need for it. hundred percent. So I love that. Let's close out, um, with one fun question. Give it to me. If you were any fictional character, who would you be and why? Fictional character. Yeah. I love Keanu Reeves. <laughs> He's pretty amazing, man. He is amazing. <laughs> um, I don't, he was the first person that popped in my head. So I was like, maybe I want to be John Wick. But that's a brutal life to be John Wick. Dude, so maybe I want to be, it would be super stressful. Maybe I want to be Keanu Reeves in Point Break. 
Johnny any, Utah. Any dude, anybody <laughs> in Point Break. Point Break is easily one of the best movies on the planet. I got a tattoo to my Via Con Dios. Oh my god! I watch. You know, I watch Point Break easily once a year minimum. It is so good, Johnny Utah. Johnny, are we kindred spirits? Yes. Did we just become best friends? We are. What a way to close out this this episode, man. Thank you so much, yeah, bro. Thanks for having me, Robert. That was awesome. This was a blast. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Um, if you like what you see, make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe. And if you have any ideas for any future guests, comment below. I'd love to hear what you think. That was great, man, for a first run. That was fun, man. Thank you.